Hello everyone and welcome to the 82nd episode of the Summoning Hour podcast. This week it's a pretty straightforward situation and question. What are clubs doing about the current situation about COVID-19? And so I gathered up four different people uh, representing different levels of collegiate esports and from community colleges to individual players on teams to brand new directors and coordinators who are finally stepping into the role and they have to deal with this situation so lots of perspectives lots of ideas and everyone once again having their own take but we get a good sense of camaraderie out of this and understanding of where clubs are at and how we just need student interaction to make sure that these clubs are still going and that we can best benefit these students' time with their schools, but then also how the schools can be growing their esports clubs as a way to move forward in this space when we can't be together in the same room. So check out the podcast. I appreciate it very much. Leave a comment, anchor.fm slash the summoning hour slash message. All right, everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the Summoning Hour podcast. I am joined today by four guests as we discuss some of their approaches to handling the current pandemic situation and how we're going to keep collegiate esports moving forward. I mean, as of today, as we're recording this, it's just a couple hours old that the Riot Scholastic Association has canceled not only the Collegiate League of Legends main event, but then a couple of other events as well. So we're seeing dramatic impacts now on this, and there's been a number of other league updates from CR6, CRSL, some of the other leagues that I cover in another podcast and how they're making adjustments and how competitive integrity is at risk with a lot of these leagues and seasons. So there's a lot going on already. So I've actually invited a number of people out here to talk with me about this. And now we've got uh, Mitch from Ferris State. He's a team leader for their one of their Overwatch League teams. We've got Matthew King from the University of North Dakota as an esports as the esports coordinator. And we've got Keelan, and I totally missed your last name. Sorry, I I just remember you from our trip out to ESI. <laughs> That's so, right. It's it's Duncan Norris. Keelan Duncan. There you go. Esports coordinator for Norwich University, and then Nicholas Espinoza, community college lead editor. Uh, for one of the Hawaii uh, newsletter, like journalism schools. I, I'm sorry, I totally botched that and I no, thought I okay. had it memorized. Uh, it's Kamana'o. So I'm the current student associate editor for Kamana'o, a student award winning publication for Leeward Community College located in Honolulu, Hawaii. And Nick is also the future esports program co coordinator for the community colleges out in Hawaii. So that's that's a role to be determined, but I think that's phenomenal. And this is one of the first times that I've talked to a community college leader in the collegiate esports space. So this is a huge, huge pivot for me, but also we're looking at a wide range of schools being represented here today and how their approach to what's going on with their programs and how they're gonna feed it. So, I mean, gentlemen, let's start. 
how are you all faring in this situation? Well, I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, we, so um, I had been hired by this, by UND about a month ago. So I was getting everything started going um, and making a lot of plans to a lot of on-campus activities to really spread what we are planning on doing. Uh, but obviously now that everything's remote, uh, and even until summer, uh, I, I can't do those things. So I've had to pivot and really rely on online resources to kind of start spreading the influence on campus and a little bit off campus in the community for what we're doing. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been trying to hold uh, student engagement events, doing weekly, daily events uh, with games, just kind of relaxing realistically a lot of the times with them. Um, more than having something that's kind of set as a competition. Um, one thing that I've had a little bit of crazy success with, which I didn't expect, uh, we decided to host a Rocket League tournament that um, is going to go off this Saturday. And we thought we might have 16 teams. We have 41 teams that signed up for it. So uh, that was a nice little bright spot. Um, you know, that it's from all around the country is, is what we have for that tournament. Um, and it's high school and college as well. Uh, so we had some good success with uh, that kind of sign up. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking we're gonna have good success with the, uh, the event itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just trying to do everything to keep them engaged and also try to involve the community in it as well. Because uh, I'm in the position to where I have to really uh, advertise what we're now doing. Uh, for academics and for uh, varsity competition. Right. Congrats on the Rocket League tournament for sure. Absolutely. The, the meshing of high school and collegiate. That's a really cool uh, execution going on there. I'm excited about it. It sounds like, Matthew, what you've taken uh, here is a, a great opportunity to expand the horizons of the program itself and not just keeping the scope focused on the collegiate players, which is, I think, so often confused to be the goal when it's not right if we're developing a culture on top of developing the the funnel of players uh, we can't continue to keep growing college programs without growing the high school programs and uh, at north university we, we haven't done too much to collaborate with both with the exception of running a summer camp uh, in july that we host for any high school students that wish to come up and and spend a week on campus training with us in our facilities and running through the day-to-day -day process uh, but we were kind of backing off that this year because of the, the current issues at hand. Uh, we switched more so to the captains of each game coming together on whatever platform they choose and uh, creating tournaments that are either weekly or monthly. We hope monthly because they're easy to facilitate and that you can build up more marketing time behind them. Uh, but those have been our goals is that we just set a monthly end date for a tournament and then they tell us what you need in terms of funding or what the prize pool is going to be. Uh, they go out and they market it themselves and we can push it through our Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. Um, but we're really trying to have it be a focus now on the, the students and the players as to what they want and kind of leave the administrative side of it out of it. Um, so actually adding on to that, so at least for our program, I think a big part of our draw is going to be from the high school seat. Um, just tacking on to that. So 
what our thing is, or at least one of our challenges right now is finding both the people who are interested in this, like getting the word out, because as we all know, you know, this is a trying time with COVID-19 basically bearing down our necks and destroying, you know, society around us. Um, so I think our big draw here is trying to strike the right um, tone of, hey guys, yeah, the world is kind of burning, but why don't we use video games or why don't we use this medium that we call the internet to basically come together, create a community and support each other as a community at the community college. And one of the bigger things that we were planning on doing once Corvid basically died down and it was safe to go out and, you know, feel the warmth of the sun again, was to go and start outreaching to the high schools around us. Um, because funny enough, um, so our high school uh, sports association held their second um, esports championship maybe a few months ago. So we are planning on tapping into some of the high schools that we know directly feed into our community college. We're going to see what interest there was out there, which there is plenty thereof. And we're going to see what we can do by building a club first before building a comprehensive esports program, because at its base, players are at its base, not necessarily having a great program to run it with. A program is nothing without the students, and we recognize that at LCC. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's definitely good to have your students really involved. That's where UND kind of started at. They a lot of, had a lot of individual student pushes and eventually decided to kind of uh, put in for more of a varsity side and also academic at the same time and uh, came from the provost, uh, decided to go ahead and open up my position, got everything pushing. I mean, I'm technically housed under academics itself, not athletics, not student life. Uh, so I'm coming from a unique position, which I really enjoy because I'm getting to really talk and interact with a lot of different faculty members on creating a lot of academic initiatives. Like we're having, I'm actually teaching an activity class for beginning League of Legends um, for students to kind of get them into the game and, you know, feel it out. It's only, it's worth one credit hour um, for them, which helps out some students. Sometimes they land on some weird hours for their degree program. So they need to get a couple of those, you know, kind of lower credit hours into their schedules. Uh, it's also not very taxing on their schedule as well. Um, so we're also looking at getting an esports coaching minor and things like that. Um, so it, this is, you know, that I think the transfer for COVID kind of has helped in some ways because it made everybody realize that these kinds of teaching methods, teaching remotely and everything like that, there's, there's a definite future in that. Um, so a lot of our classes that we've building kind of been building towards esports have kind of seen more push from more people. It's interesting that you, you said that you came from the academic side of it uh, because, and I don't know how this is for the rest of uh, program coordinators or, or members and programs, but I'm under the admissions office at the university. So the steps that we take in creating this program are often towards that of the marketing mindset, right? How do we continue to get players to come here? How do we build the program to get more and more attention, not so much the academic side of it, which of course is just as valid, if not more so, I believe. Uh, but I didn't know that this was going to be um, something that I would pick up on, I guess. I, I thought that most every program would have the coordinator sitting underneath uh, the main office head right, of the university, so admissions or athletics. 
I did not expect an academic take. So that very cool invention, I guess. It's it. They wanted to take it that direction. Um, my, you know, the the person over me, my administrator, she's she's great. She's picks up on what I'm doing. You know, esports is not her main thing, but she really takes what I I suggest and just runs with it. Uh, and we work with all the other departments on campus. You know, uh, and, and I mean, she's even noted that we don't know where this might end up in the future. It can, you know, because all of our programs can change departments or maybe become its own department. Um, that's something that I think pretty much most of us recognize whenever we have the esports program, you know, kind of varsity section going. Um, so I always like to look at it holistically for the entire campus. There's the varsity section, which, um, you know, you, you're going to treat more like athletics. Then there's the academic section and there's also the student life section. You have to treat them all with respect and well, I think, to get a good program really running uh, uh and you know you can take it at different steps i think most universities are taking it at different steps some take completely academic some take student life first and then some take the uh, uh varsity i think a lot of them are taking the varsity side uh first and then ex trying to expand into other things which is fine uh, i think that's that we all realize that there's those kind of three sections and sectors that we have to look at and of course there's a bunch of subcategories and sectors that go under those um, I mean, we do our own marketing for the academics. Realistically, we have to do marketing and, and recruitment stuff as well. So it's not that we don't, I'm not doing that. It's more that it's just kind of a, a different sector. Um, you know, I come from a, we're a 15,000 student pop D1 uh, university. So we have the, the, the departments are a little bit more split apart. So you kind of have uh someone that does everything in each department to a degree now so this this has been a lot about like the high level organization like esports organization how is this affecting individual teams and players like matthew you got a rocket league event coming out so i'm assuming that the students on your campus are interested in rocket league but for like mitchell and ferris state with overwatch and he's one of the team one of the overwatch team leads like how are you all handling it on a team by team and a game by game basis knowing that collegiate league is now canceled knowing that a number of these other private leagues like some of the rainbow six ones they're having to alter rules and stuff so mitchell i'm actually really curious about overwatch because i mean that's another really big collegiate esport game that's regularly played yeah um honestly right now our season actually hasn't been canceled yet it's just on hiatus right now according to tespa um my opinion i perceive them canceling it for how things have been going and everything especially with the riot announcement coming up today um, but in the meantime, uh, Tespa has been holding uh, interim tourna uh, tournaments and everything. I believe it's like a 3v3, then like a 6v6-1, like each week. And like any school can participate for like Overwatch. I know they're doing the same for like Hearthstone and like for various other esports that they run. But um, currently we're just taking it week by week and just um, just practicing each week or at least attempting to try and find people to practice with. And um, otherwise just going about doing schoolwork, to be honest, so. Would you say it's more of like the off-season mentality and just kind of finding a scrim, finding practices, coordinating? Yeah, that kind of I mean, more of that mindset, yeah. So um, we were, I, don't know, I was possibly looking to just having us maybe compete in one of the TESPA 
tournaments. I know um, uh, here in Michigan, we're um, trying to set up something that's kind of kind of like TESPA, but just includes like um, like a lot of universities within Michigan um, for like Overwatch and just like having like a little interim tournament, seeing like putting like um, certain teams against each other and everything. So um, we did a concept to this last year with like other games, but this is just like a a little uh, dumbed down version presented by uh, um, Central Michigan University in their esports program. So um, I'm. I've asked my team if they want to participate in it. There's interest in it, but there hasn't been like a consensus on whether or not we're gonna play in it. And there hasn't been really any updates regarding that. But um, even like during the off season, we're uh, potentially looking at participating in a little bowl that we created last year um, that involved Michigan teams, but we're hoping maybe to expand it national if uh, somebody wants to join. Um, it's called the Bandwidth Bowl. Um, the Bandwidth Bowl basically is just like, um, you can play like, Rainbow Six, Rocket League, Overwatch, and it's just like teams playing against each other. And um, it's twenty dollars to get in. Um, twenty dollar, all the money goes um, to cover the trophy for it. But um, this would be like an eight-hour event. We just play against each other, just kind of think of it just having having fun, but seeing like who's the best of the best. So I know uh, last year when we did it, we had um, Western Michigan, we had Michigan University, we had Michigan State, we had Michigan Tech. Um, we had, of course, we had Bears participating in it because we were the hosts. We hosted our channel last year, on our Twitch channel. Um, and we, I think Michigan State ended up winning last year. Um, and you get certain points for like um, for how well you do in certain games and everything. So it's been quite interesting. Nice. I like it. Does that mesh up with uh, you, Nick, Matt, Kels, Keelan? Does that does that sound about right for your teams as well? I mean, my teams are just forming. The The only reason why we really got the Rocket League stuff going is because I put out the initial uh, interest form for people to fill out on campus, uh, and I had like 10 people at Rocket League pretty much immediately. So um, the other teams are forming a little bit slower. Uh, you know, I think that's partially because of the – well, I know it's really actually mainly because of the COVID situation having to go remote. Uh, from what I've seen a lot of students, and I, I don't know, I mean, you guys should chime in on this too, but basically out of sight, out of mind, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, since they're not on campus, uh, they're not checking everything as much as they usually would, or they're not as part as uh, a big part of campus as much as they usually would, because they're not here. Um, you know, and I've been trying to pivot to obviously by offering events and things like that and trying to really get the uh, the varsity discord going so we can get as many people in there and kind of have that serve as a funnel for on-campus um, chats and recruitments. Uh, actually, so if I can chime in on that. So it's funny because, so our main UH campus, our main University of Hawaii campus at Manoa, so they kind of already have an established uh, infrastructure there in regards to a club of sorts or like a group um, that meets up regularly, or at least before, you know, before COVID-19 was a thing. Um, so what we're planning on doing, at least in the near future, was we're planning on doing an exhibition match between Leeward Community College and UH Manoa uh, in terms of Overwatch. And in terms of Smash, because at least for both of these things, I know that there is a community on campus. It's just that because of the fact that COVID-19 basically um, 
keeps us away from on from campus. It keeps me from having the easy way out and being able to just walk up to these people and being like, yo, do you wanna, you know, do something? Do you wanna do you wanna maybe play a match against against your guys' counterparts against UH? You know, would you be willing to play a match, period? Would you be willing to help me start this club at, at LCC? Um, so that's like our biggest challenge right now. Not just that, but also like being able to reach out to these students because we are a commuter college and not, you know, the, the, the difference in commitment, honestly, um, between attending a community college versus attending a four-year university is black and white. You have students who are, who are definitely just there to, you know, get the grade, you know, be on campus for more, no more than a few hours and they're, they're gone because LCC isn't built as a college where you sit around and you know you chill with friends. We don't necessarily, we have the environment to do that. It's just that no one cares to because there's not necessarily a reason to. We have a student lounge, but we don't necessarily have that community built in the lounge to do that. Um, so that's our biggest challenge. We have certain things planned. Uh, I know our sports organization for LCC has something planned in regards to esports. They're calling it an esports league. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, I'll be working with them a little bit more in the coming weeks. So we'll see how that happens. But all in all, the interest is here on campus. It's just finding a way to get the word out and being like, hey, guys, we got something great that's going on on campus. Why don't you contact this person and see how you can get involved? Hmm. I think the, the largest problem for us, uh, because the leagues can handle going to online. ESL Pro League, I think, is a perfect example of this pandemic affecting what was going to be a very large turnout for a world uh, world championships with with CSGO for that game in particular and ESL Pro League did a fantastic transition onto uh, on, online only their commentating is fantastic the production is is well valued um, the college scene of course is not going to be as extravagant <laughs> i think we can all agree with that we don't get commentators that can go for hours on end with no mistakes and love the game as passionately as we wish we could find them um, our students, I think, find the lack in technology now to be the issue. We we have a dedicated space at North University that is our esports training room, and that room houses fifteen PCs, uh, five on one side of the wall, five on the other, and then five for travel lands. And with people that don't have personal machines that can run the quality of these games at the desirability of time and effort that they can give it they aren't going to practice. They aren't going to compete. They aren't going to be able to have the same synergy with their team members. So now we lose the entire opposite side of the gaming community. We lose the gaming, right? The leagues will thrive. The leagues can go from offline to online to offline and online all they want, all year long. I don't think that's our issue. Our issue is synergy now, and our issue is who has the technology and who's going to use it like they used to. Yeah, that extends to even academic like that's I know that's been talks because I've been a part of conversations for you know how we're transferring things to academic for, for remote uh, that comes up uh, you know who has a computer who has the internet that can actually handle so you know, that transfers easily to esports as well you know uh, luckily most of the time they do have their own unit but that's not all the time you know that's so it can cause a lot of rifts and problems. And um, I think I've been pretty lucky here, especially with the, the Rocket League team, because they all have their own units and they all have pretty good internet. Sometimes it does go, go out. Like I think a couple of days ago, they were supposed to do a scrim and it just 
uh, we had a pretty heavy snowstorm going on and, and one of them lost internet. Um, but it, it, you know, it, I know that it can be and possibly will be something that comes up in the future. Um, you, you know, we haven't gotten our equipment for our varsity practice yet. Uh, we are building it out. We plan to order it um, as soon as everything's back to normal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I want to just go back to that. So literally, yeah, funding for us is going to be on hold for the next year, thanks to COVID, I think. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, Hawaii's a little bit far from, like, the mainland. Kind of, just a little bit. And um, so one of the problems with that is the fact that shipping here is absolutely stupid. Um, it costs 10 bucks to get a gallon of milk sometimes from the grocery store. Now imagine applying that kind of cost to movement ratio for something like a computer or something like a chair or like the gaming equipment or better yet, the fact that we need to put bread on the table. Um, so funny enough, the reason why um, Rakul probably introduced me as tentative is because of the fact that currently my director isn't even formally hired by the college, by the university right now. We have backing from both the state legislator all the way down to the board of regents and the president himself for our program to get it up and running to put a comprehensive program in place so we have the resources or we had the resources to be able to start this had COVID-19 not been a thing had COVID-19 not been a thing this club would have been up and running yesterday us for us at LCC it would have been a no-brainer the community is there FGC is probably going to be a lifestyle for some of these people you know um, but you know, oh, yeah. that's, we have to talk about the fact that it's not just the esports and gaming community suffering right now. I have, yeah, no. I know kids on campus that are currently struggling trying to do their homework because, you know, they were relying on being able to access the library to do their homework. We have mm -hmm. PCs, we actually, not PCs, we have laptops currently that can be loaned out to students. It's just the problem of the fact is is that we're not allowed to go out of the house because we have a stay-at-home, work-at-home order per, you know, Capitol Hill for us. Yeah. So it's really not even a matter of, oh my God, will these people be able to like connect to the internet and be able to play a game and like, you know, put in the hours that they want to put in. It's more of a matter of, holy crud, will they be able to graduate college in like yeah. on time? If on time is still a thing at this point, because I think we yeah. can all agree here that graduating on time here is going to be a no-brainer. We're probably all going to be in for school at least a little bit longer, um, if not because of the fact that COVID-19 is making us stay home, but because of the fact that our teachers and our professors and the staff and the faculty behind these amazing universities that we go to are currently suffering um, from an overworkload, having to transition to all online classes and having to manage that way. It's absolutely stupefying the effects that we see because of this biological disease that we're facing down right now we're yep. all better for it ultimately because we get we get stronger don't matter it's not going to kill us it's going to make us stronger but we can't ignore the suffering that is currently happening right now to the community both in our schools and around our schools absolutely i mean it's students first like i even amongst all the colleges and their esports programs, it's every single message has been students first. And even the ones without programs that we're talking about here, it's still about the students first. And definitely don't want to downplay the seriousness that this is having on the education system abroad and not even just college, all of the education levels. So high school esports are definitely being impacted. High schools, 
and education down all the way down to like kindergartners is impacted where memories aren't being able to be made kindergartners are missing out on like the special mother's day festivities that they were going to be doing in their schools and all of those kinds of things so everyone is being dramatically impacted by this and i certainly hope that the podcast topic isn't making light of that but it's it's definitely felt way beyond just these individual students roles on in their esports clubs or on their teams like quality of life and quality of students have been seriously questioned with this and there's not a whole lot we can do other than the best that we're doing right now absolutely it was put into question at all i, I just you know it we all feel it. He's just saying what we all feel right now. It's obviously yeah, totally. students. I feel for them, and it's 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 rough. Uh, you know, I I talk to a lot of people that are having to change up a lot of plans because of what's happening. Uh, so it, it's uh, across the board. It's just you know we're all pulling together and we're trying to do what we can do to keep things moving and and keep everybody kind of involved. Yeah. I I actually want to do it. Quick shout out. So I don't know. If, I mean, were you there, Rakul, for IGN? IGN was an amazing idea. It helped to rally the community, I feel, like in such a way. You had all these industry professionals. You had all of these people, all these collegiate gaming and esports leaders all in one room where it came together as a community to be like, hey, guys, world's burning. But hey, we have we have one thing that like most people aren't now exactly thinking about, and that's a cause. And that cause is having a good time playing esports, you know, playing games that we love that we love to play and you know rallying behind the banner that really is you know being collegiate. What it means to be collegiate, the opportunities that being part of collegiate esports brings to you. The the absolute end all question of what can't I do in this space because we are in a golden time right now. Yeah, the world is burning, but we are in a golden time to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to be coming five to 10 years down the road. The reason why LCC and UH right now is still pushing esports and gaming the, in the way that we, that we are in, you know, in relation to building community and keeping community and making community where there technically is one, but not really. The reason why we're doing that is because we see the opportunities coming. And what we want to do for our students, for our peers, and for all the students that come after us is to basically set them up for success. We might be in Hawaii. We might be so far from the mainland that it costs $10 for a gallon of milk because that's just shipping and like processing for us. But what we want to do for these kids is to help tell them that there is a hope and that there is a dream and that despite the world burning around them, we are dedicated to making sure that we enable them to chase their dreams doesn't matter where, what's happening right now. Yeah, we have people that are currently dying in New York City. We have, I, so I came back from a trip, maybe a day, the day of San Francisco or California getting their case, their first case for COVID. Yeah, there are these bad things happening outside our homes right now, but we have to remind ourselves and we have to stay together based around the idea that there is hope after this. The reason why we are still doing what we do, the reason why Michelle, Mitchell and, Ma and Matthew and, you know, all of us here in this call or, you know, are doing what we do is so that we can help give these students a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, things are bad, but we have to keep in mind and we are here to tell you 
we are on this podcast to tell you that there is something else worth out there. So if you just stay strong and you keep on holding on to what it, whatever it is that you're holding on to, there is something. We will give you something. You have to just believe in us. It's a good message. I, mean, I agree. I don't think anyone would argue yeah. that. <laughs> At any yeah, one of those points. Um, if I could just throw something onto there real quick, is that esports for the entire hierarchy, right? from big team organization owners all the way down to the player themselves who get signed or given a small stipend to play, is that esports in its entirety is not just a market, although it's often perceived as a market or a demographic. Esports is very much so a lifestyle. You invest mm -hmm. in it on every mm -hmm. stage of that, and that this lifestyle, it might take a hit, but in all actuality, this lifestyle, the one that we speak on and speak on behalf of organizations for, um, has probably been one of the least affected, if anything. So yeah, the, the world is, is hurting, no doubt. There are industries that may not see this come back in the next quarterly report or earnings that are lost for many years to come. Uh, but I want to take a second to, to thank the esports lifestyle and the esports industry because it has made itself so malleable that even despite this pandemic and despite people being on lockdown to not go anywhere and do anything, they have esports to any degree, right? That could be you just hopping online and playing with friends. I still would consider yep. it close enough to esports that we'll, we'll take it into the family. <laughs> All I the mean, way I to, think, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I'd agree with that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, just getting on with your friends, how's that? That's still kind of a, a that's a part of esports. And I think a lot of people don't. That's one of my big things is I always try to connect people to those, you know, to, to that what they're doing is is a section section of esports. If they're getting online and playing with a group of friends, even on Minecraft or something that people wouldn't think is an esport title, which I mean they're pretty much you can do something with any title, mm -hmm. uh, have some sort of connotation to it uh towards esports uh so yeah i mean I, I you know i definitely agree with you there uh completely that, that this industry i mean and really there's been a lot of growth in a lot of the game companies themselves because of this because people have been kind of going to this to keep themselves uh sane you know uh yeah. having to be inside their house for so long you know yeah, we all get our workouts in, but you can't work out for three hours a day every day. That's you know that's that's gonna really just kind of kill kill you uh, a lot of the times, uh, and you don't want to probably put yourself in that kind of position either. Uh, so and, well, yeah, and to your point, like we've seen how esports is being adopted as a lifestyle. In that, like, yeah. look at the the NASCAR stuff by Fox Sports. Look at the F1 racing going on. Like yesterday, a racer had his sponsor drop him as a racer because he rage quit in the middle of one of their races. Like, good on that sponsor for treating this competitive event that's at this point once in a lifetime and hitting amazing numbers on live television for yep. the kudos to that sponsor for treating it like a, like the sporting event, like all of these new fans are becoming a fan of. Like now this is their first taste of esports and it's related to a an event and a, a sport that they're into. We couldn't have yeah. had a better bridge to the people who question esports being on TV, like on ESPN and everything. Like this is 
one of the best things that could have could have happened to esports in that it is a hu a human connection that we are all waiting for to get back to. This is what everyone is everyone who's into sports is missing it right now. And this is one way that we can bridge that gap and connect these communities. I, I think that was yeah. where Keelan was going and like something that he was implying. Is that is that right? I, I would say so for sure. I, I didn't want to encompass too much to make it so broad of a statement. Uh, but that's for sure. I mean, there has to be a gap in every market. But for us, thankfully, despite what we get thrown at, um, this market in this lifestyle will survive. You know, and we're going to come out of this probably better than we were before, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very uniting time. And I hate to, to make it so silver lining. <laughs> uh, not that I want to disregard everything else. No. Uh, but I, I do see it for the benefit. And I, I want to be empathetic towards those who, who don't have the exact time and or materials that we do to benefit from it. Uh, but I hope that someday they do. That's for sure. I, you were going to say something. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, was, I, yeah I was just going to add that I honestly think that esports will, I mean, honestly, will benefit from this because, I mean, think about it, how uh, you have Blizzard, Riot, like, they're going to be making more money because people are going to be staying in, like, inside a lot because of this. And people are going to be playing their games a bit more and more likely to be willing to be spending more money or at least people are going to be buying the games and test them out or check them out. And that could, that's money invested into that company. And it means more money to go towards like their esports scene and everything for those games. For like League of Legends, Rainbow Six, and all yeah. the and Overwatch and all Hearthstone and all other esports scenes. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly hope that no one from Bank America is hearing this, but believe me, I do believe in the message we are better together connected. Like that that is their motto, but let me tell you, it rings truer than anything I've ever heard, at least in a long time. Um basically it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your background is. Going back to the opportunities of like working in like around the industry, even if I go to, if I look at any given profession, if I get, if I look at any given major, if you give me any given student, nine times out of 10, I'll probably find you a space in our space. And that's, that's the amazing thing about esports and gaming is that there's a whole new separate part to every industry, you know, that we, that we know, that we know very clearly, like businessmen now have, have opportunities in gaming and esports because inherently we now need someone to manage the finance side to this. You can't have a tournament without the funding, you know, or you look at any health, you know, health and mental health professor or teacher. We now need psychologists for these teams because inherently there's going to be unique stress that these players are going to feel if they're not catered to. Or better yet, these players are going to have their reflexes dulled if all they eat are big, big Macs, you know, every single day. You know, we, we need these people. We need the community behind us. We need everyone that is part of that community. And it all kind of starts with the whole idea that gaming is gaming, but gaming is what it ties us together, especially in these trying times when you can't go out to a coffee shop to have a good conversation. Ultimately, our coffee shop is here on Discord or on Twitch or on whatever forum you decide to, you know, be on, whether that's TeamSpeak or Skype or what have you, Zoom even for God's sakes. Ultimately, what we're here to do and what we're what we're here to talk about is not about the fact that 
you know, we're currently burning outside there, you know, in the environment that we are right now, but we need to talk about the idea of rallying. We are rallying, not as, not as schools, not as teams, not as players, but we are rallying as a national community, part of a global society. And this global society that we are part of basically centers around the thing that we love to do most, gaming. Here, here. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's, that's I did not need to be inspirational like that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. I was just filling my pint to lift it up on the, the bar counter. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we've, we've raised a couple of, I mean, questions and concerns that are coming up with this. I mean, like being able to reach your students and that they're not, they're either not in campus anymore or they don't have computers that can necessarily help their games. What ways are you guys approach, uh, approaching your students when when they are communicating with you to keep them active, keeping their brains active, keeping the the esport organization in mind, or how are you feeding these students so that they don't feel like they're just they're just students again, not and like that they're still a part of something within your esports plans. That's I mean, really, I always try to be I do program. I try to give as much opportunity and inclusivity to everybody as possible. So, uh, you know, I always try to make sure that they, whoever is interested, uh, is included in basically what they want to be included in and, and anything and everything they want to be included in uh, dealing with a program. So I usually set my programs up to be very, give as much experience to the students as possible. So I'll, I'll have, you know, obviously there's, there's player positions, competitive player positions, but then it goes from player positions to technical positions to administrative positions. Um, and I'll, I'll try to make sure that they know that that's, they're still there for them. Um, I, I try to make sure that they know the opportunities that they will have in the coming semesters uh, and, and try to make sure that they know to, to keep up in communication and, and, put them into the forms of communication and, you know, discord email uh, and have them stay active on those uh, whenever I can get in contact with them um, just so that they can at least have that, that tie to the community that we're building. Um, you know, and it, it can be hard. Some people basically when they're not here at all, they, you know, there's just nothing you can do for some, some groups, especially since, I wasn't here for the entire semester. Um, I'm having to basically look at starting from the ground up on, in a lot of initiatives uh, whenever the fall hits. Um, but I'm, you know, what I'm doing now is, is trying to build it up as much as possible for the online and remote stuff so that whenever we go to the fall, they can just simply integrate into that uh, instead of having to, you know, go through the hoops uh, with me. I'm right, right there with you, Matthew. Uh, yeah. I, I will bring up, like I said earlier, that it, my take and, and the school's take has been to, in a trying time, delegate. In order to keep these students active on all levels is to immediately tell them that they are now in charge, that we don't want to tell you what you should be doing because we are not in your position. We don't understand what you have access to or what your teammates slash friends or whomever might have access to. So you can build it. And we will just be the aid 
no longer will we tell you that you have to be at practices at these times or uh, you have to make it to these events or keep the room clean because uh, that's not what's important anymore. So we, we've shifted priority and we've also shifted where the power lies. I think it was important to put the ball into their courts. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a, that's a big thing because ultimately, yeah, I might be the future esports program coordinator for the, for the colleges, um, but we have to think about this. I'm starting a club at, at LCC, at Leeward Community College, and that's the basis. You can't be a program coordinator if you don't have students to draw the program from. You have to honestly put, you have to put the interest together in a room, and then you also need to at the same time tell them that, you know what, it's your guys' choice. You guys can be in here, you can play video games all day, and you guys can socialize and stuff and whatnot, and we're not asking for you to do anything. but for those that want the opportunity, we have the opportunity for you to, to ask for more. And we're looking for the students from the interest group that we gather on campus to basically say, yeah, we wanna do something a little bit more. Why don't we form a team? Okay, so why don't we compete then? Okay, where do you wanna compete? Well, here you have these options. What do you wanna do? Here, we'll compete in this, this, and this. And it honestly starts with the whole idea of me registering the club as a formal part of the student body. Um, ultimately, I'm still a student. I'm um, I'm just about to. I was about to graduate from from my from my community college, but I managed to push it back just a little bit, partially due to COVID, partially because I'm changing my major once again. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't we all love the idea of hey look there's more schooling to do not really oh god help us um but ultimately you know i'm still a student and i kind of want to just not really abuse that fact but basically take advantage of the fact that i'm still the student associate editor i'm still a student i'm a student like the rest of y'all i just have big dreams and you know i want you to realize that whoever i'm talking to right now that your dreams might be as big as mine or even bigger and i'm here to tell you that i might have the opportunity to allow you to chase it i might know the people and i might have the connections or i might know how the methodology to which you can chase your dream i'm here to tell you that your dreams are not too big to chase i'm telling you that ultimately if you want to do this why don't you ask the question earnestly and i'll give you an earnest answer and we go from there so interest group, yeah, it's there. It's just now I'm waiting on um, admin, honestly. I'm waiting on admin to do their part because ultimately I can't move forward if I have if I don't have admin's permission. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot harder because you know, admin is the end all gate to he to heaven. It seems like right now. If you, if you guys don't mind me asking, just for sake of perspective here. Um, what are the sizes of your your groups or esports organizations or clubs, whatever it might be called at this point in time? Um, because for me, currently, there are 160, let's say plus, because I'm not sure on that, that end number, uh, 160 plus members. Now, 70 of which are our varsity teams. And then the remaining are our further down club players. They, are, they aren't associated to varsity or JV, but have equal chances to rise up into those ranks. Uh, so what does it look like for you guys? Because I know that we have a lot to handle. And, and most of the time, our hands are full with our players and our captains and our managers. What are the, What is the breakdown for you guys? And who is in charge of what to date? So Matthew, you could go first. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So uh, there, for us, we have a clear separation 
between the club and the varsity section. Uh, even though a lot of the club people are going to be and have expressed interest in being involved in varsity, um, they wanted it to have that separation. And I listened to the students in that front. You know, I, I basically let them tell me what they want not only on the games that we offer, but in that kind of uh, how we're going to set things up. Uh, so I'm building more and more people to the varsity side as we go. Uh, I have 18 uh, definitely signed up and, and, and in there, but I know that there's, I mean, we have 15,000 students on campus. I just need to be able to reach them. I know that we have a lot on campus that want to be a part of it. Uh, just need to continue to push and reach and and also some of them you know don't fully understand you know help them make those connections of what means what to them uh, you know they don't have to be on the comp competitive side they can be a streamer they can be broadcast support they can be an analyst do they have a role that they know about and that they want to do and you know come to me and approach me with that role and you know i'd be happy to include other roles that you know i might have overlooked because that happens uh i try to keep it as open as possible so that we can really build up these rosters and have a strong program uh yeah i mean we have there's a lot of clubs that we have that are kind of i'm helping pull them together into one unit i mean we have basically a, a separate club for each and every game right now uh, but i've been helping put them into a general esports club, but they're not counted on my numbers, uh, even though I'm going to be their faculty advisor pretty soon, which is going to be extra roles for me. That's going to be awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be that's a that's a weird idea um, being both having been part of the student um, faculty, having been part of the student org, but also now becoming faculty. I think that's going to be a unique challenge and a transition for you. I look, I actually, honestly, I'd like to get your opinion on that, or I'd like to get your, like, your reactions on that after you make that transition, Matthew, if you don't mind, after this. Um, yeah. I know for, I know for us, so, like, at LCC, so we do have the interest group on campus. Um, I'm just right now in the process of trying to figure out how to contact these people. We have a fairly uh, decent sized FGC um, on our end, and it's kind of it's kind of funny, also kind of weird because at the same time, so UH wants to put emphasis on team building, so that means League, that means Dota, that means Overwatch, that means CS:GO, that means all these other games. Um, I think I think one of the weird compromises that we can make, at least in relation to Smash, is that we just make it two v twos. I don't know how that would how would that that would jive with everyone else, considering that everyone normally just one v one v ones. But at least for us, so I know there's a group on campus, and it's honestly just tapping into it and just putting the word out there. Um, but the difference, or but the the challenge here is, is that being respectful, being respectful of the fact that COVID nineteen is currently burning everyone's house down outside and um we don't want to make light of the situation by being like yeah you know the world's burning yada 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 but hey you know esports gaming you want to come play like that that would strike inherently a bad tone and it would actually put interest off um for the campus and we're not here to do that we're here to be mindful of the fact that um that you know the world is burning and that we should all take care but how about we 
help you relieve some stress by giving you a community to talk to and connect to. And, you know, at the very least, putting them all into a Discord server. Um, that's, that's what, that's what I kind of want to do right now, at least for LCC. I want to just get the biggest nerds in our, in our community. I want to get all of our biggest like gaming players or like players who think that they, they want to have a chance at being part of this into a discord server so that I can be like, all right, guys, let's organize, you know, let's, let's put something together. By the way, Manoa wants to do this. No one wants to do that. Let's, let's, let's see what, what do you guys want to do basically? Cause I'm here to help you guys. I'm here to guide. I'm here to be like, hey, so this is what we have in mind, but it's ultimately what you, the students, want to do. And with that, Mitchell, how, no, is, it. how is FSU size? So we're, we just started up our program actually last year, and we've grown from being like just a beginner club to actually one of the biggest clubs actually on campus. Some of, uh, some of our clubs here at Fair. Ferris actually are actually backed by Ferris themselves because of like academic reasoning or something, but um, we're completely separate from um, everybody else. So uh, we're looking to um, like, there's a lot of interest regarding in the community going on right now. So um, we always attend like, whenever there's an opportunity, like a student event going on, like um, we always have like a panel there, like somebody shows up, like um, like the president shows, like president of our esports club shows up, or um, just a team leader. Like I show up at, I've shown up to majority of the events. Um, we just, and we just hand out information there. Um, we've also contacted people like via email and everything. Um, but we've currently um gathered about I think two hundred fifty to three hundred people about for our esports club. Um, out of like, I think about seven thousand, eight thousand people on campus right now currently. So. And um, I know that um, we've gained um, so much interest that our president of our university um, is actually looking into us. So um, we just got jerseys last year and um, to help um, to associate ourselves better with him, we gave him a jersey um, that says Prez on the back. So um, nice. and, yeah, it's, and I think that's um, him working. He's actually all for esports, which is really nice. Cause we're looking into building an esports arena, so we're gonna be it, it with a little asterisk. So it's nothing official yet, but um, there's definitely enough interest, and we're they're tearing down a building, and they're building, and they're gonna be building a new building. Um, but we're hoping to like actually have like a practice room and esports arena and everything, and I feel like that would garner like just enough interest in of itself when like news comes out, like hey, we have a esports arena. Or an, or an esports practice room in, in this new building, because like everybody's gonna want to check out like the new building on campus, right? Because it's like brand new. We'll see what it's, see what the hullabaloo is all about. But um, we've definitely garnered enough interest. Um, we've um, promoted uh, ourselves. We've been promoted tournaments across campus. Um, like we went to a Overwatch tournament um, for like actual money. Um, but that. Um, th- that's a little separate thing, but we advertise that and advertise students to come out and we got like a few students here and there to actually come out with us. So in uh, Western Michigan University, which is probably like, probably about an hour and a half from where, for, from Ferris. So, but uh, it's just garden enough interest from like other people. We're, we're hoping to maybe expand a bit more, um, looking in like 
including like other games like Dota. We have um we're very open to having like other like having like all all types of games current, currently, but um we always let the community decide like hey if you guys can get enough people for like CS:GO or enough people for Fortnite, you guys can form a team and the sports club will cover any like entrance fees for like uh that you guys have to um, pay for when it comes to entering like a tournament like ESL like CSL or like uh, TESPA or something like that or that type of stuff. All right, guys. Thanks for sharing everything, and thank you, Mitchell, for that last wrap-up answer. We're going to call it done with this, and this is another episode in the wraps. I will be getting all of their contact information so that anyone who has additional questions about their programs, their roles, what they're doing in this situation, if there's something else that they said that we didn't dive into, now's your opportunity to dig into it. You can leave messages for the podcast at anchor.fm slash the summoning hour slash message, or all of their contact information will be in the show notes down below when you, after listening to this podcast. So uh, thank you again, gentlemen, for coming out. I know it was a little crazy scheduling and getting this taken care of, but I do appreciate your flexibility and the time and the answers that you all came out. And I hope you all stay safe and healthy and keep your esports programs going. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, yeah. Rakul. It was yeah. a pleasure having uh, you having me. Thanks for the opportunity for us to come on. Yep. Yep. Um, I enjoyed it. Of course. Everyone's welcome. And I'll be reaching out to each and every one of you for another follow up podcast specifically about your clubs and your programs. So look forward to that and we can get scheduling sometime soon. Sounds great. Sounds great. That sounds great. Stay healthy, everybody. Yes, sir. Yeah, yep. Stay safe. Wait. Stay healthy, guys. Bye, everybody. Selling our podcast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast. Yeah.